welcome to the Wicked Good Momcast, a podcast for Boston moms by Boston moms. A space to hear stories from real moms, to celebrate the beauty of motherhood, and to normalize its challenges. Tune in while you fold laundry, commute to work or school, or get cozy after a long day in the trenches. Motherhood is hard, but it doesn't have to be lonely. You are a Wicked Good Mom. And now, here are your Wicked Good Momcast hosts, Megan and Shannon. Moving is stressful. Moving with the family is entirely overwhelming. On this episode of the Wicked Good Momcast, Megan and I are sharing everything we know and have experienced about moving to Greater Boston with our families. I will share the five things I wish I had known when moving to Greater Boston from out of state. Megan will share her story about moving back to Boston after leaving for a few years. And we are going to hear from real local Boston realtors at the end of the show. If you are moving, thinking about moving, or know someone who is moving to Greater Boston, we hope this episode helps you navigate the transition. Hello, listeners. We are so fortunate to have some really incredible local realtors who have partnered with Boston Moms to bring you our popular Moving to Greater Boston guide on bostonmoms.com. The housing market has been insane for the last few years. So we've rounded up some Boston realtor experts to give us insight into the market and their best tips for home buying in greater Boston at the end of the show. So I feel like, Megan, you and I will actually be able to offer a lot of perspective on this topic. I currently rent and you own. I live north of Boston and you are on the South Shore. I moved here for the first time about four years ago and you grew up in the Boston area and moved back. So hopefully (laughs) we are able to offer listeners today a broad range of insights since there are just so many different scenarios when it comes to moving and living situations. 100%. I feel like I have this unique perspective where I grew up here and loved it um, and kind of always assumed I would stick around um, on the South Shore And then my husband, who I had dated since high school, decided to join the military. Mm -hmm. And so that sort of forced us out of my comfort zone for sure and um, around the country, which ended up being a major blessing. I loved living in other places. I feel like um, everywhere we lived, I felt like a unique connection to, but I always felt the pull to come home. Mm -hmm. Um, And anytime we came home, I had that like real heartsick feeling of like, oh, I feel like I belong here, especially in the actual city of Boston, like in the city proper, I have this like this, I mean, almost bizarre love for being in the heart of the city. Right. And when we were, when my husband decided to leave the military, um, we really could have gone anywhere. We both were employable. Um, We had two little kids, but didn't really have roots anywhere other than here at home in Boston. And we made a pros and cons list about all the different (laughs) places we wanted to live. And we're like, okay, most of the rest of the country is more affordable. Um, You know, most of the rest of the country, you can get a larger house send them a larger piece of land um, for what we were going to be able to pay and all these other things. And then we fell back on Boston was where our family is. And honestly, Boston has always felt the most like home um, because we felt the people here were the most like us. And so we made a choice to move home um, because of those two things. So it's all completely personal. Um, And we uh, (laughs) we actually purchased a home from out of state, Um, not sight unseen. We saw it once. Uh, We went to an open house, put an offer in, then did the rest of it uh, remotely, which was uh, kind of bizarre. This was also six years ago, which doesn't feel like that long, but um, was in a time when there wasn't as much like remote stuff happening, like signing on a DocuSign or something was still kind of novel six years ago, which is so weird. Um, (laughs) There was nobody taking videos of like our home inspection for us. Uh Yeah, it's strange. Um, 
But we did that all remotely, and we moved into what uh, many people would call a starter home on the South Shore, a tiny little, we live in a a city on the South Shore, so tiny little lot, little postage stamp backyard, um, and have loved legitimately every second we've been here um, and have created a real community in our, in our, what we now call our hometown, being able to get right to the city, like to Boston in 20 minutes without traffic, and then be able to get further down the South shore for beaches in 20 minutes without traffic. And we are, uh, has been a major traffic in this episode. (laughs) We have to talk about traffic. (laughs) Yeah. I feel so fortunate. I mean, when we purchased this home, we really were taking a major chance. Um, and a couple of the things that I wanted to share here just on my moving back to Boston story was like, I've always said, uh, where I told my husband, wherever we land in the entire country, I just want to be close to an airport and close to a hospital. And I am about five minutes from South Shore Hospital and I'm about 15 minutes without traffic <laughs> to Logan. Um, and those both of those things have been a huge blessing for our family for many reasons. But the amazing thing about living in greater Boston in general is there aren't many places you can go where you're not about five minutes from a hospital right? and 20 minutes from Logan, you know, without traffic. Yes. <laughs> um, so those are two things I just feel like uh, it's a major blessing to have to live here um, and to have purchased our home when we did, you know, before things got really crazy mm-hmm. is another thing, you know, it might be, it might've been a starter home. It actually might be our forever home. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> Plans change. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. And, well, and I know like you get to have your family over every week. So I know that's like a huge blessing to you, like you said. Oh, yeah. It's a quality of life thing. So I think anytime, and I know that you'll speak to this too, when we moved home to Boston, a lot of it was what do we have to do to ensure our quality of life? So mm-hmm. for us, that was being close to our family um, and being close to the city for work and other opportunities um, and then the hospital and airport. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you're right. I mean, that was part of our choice to move to Boston as well was the quality of life. And so my husband and I visited here. We weren't even married yet. It was like 2012. And we took a trip. Um, I think my husband had gotten like Red Sox tickets. He's been a lifelong Red Sox fan, even though we haven't lived here our whole lives. And yeah, (laughs) so we came up here and then neither of us had been here before. And we were just like, is this place real? Like, this is amazing. Mm -hmm. I mean, and we went to your old stomping grounds, Plymouth, and I fell in love. It is so picturesque. Um, I've spoken many times before about my love for clam chowder. Um, (laughs) It was just like, I don't know. It, It was vacation. So obviously it was great, but there was something about being up here that we were like, no, it started our wheels turning. We were like, maybe we could raise a family here. Like, Maybe we should really think about that. And we did. And my husband, we were very close to moving here in 2015. He had a job interview and then they opted to hire someone local. So it took us a little longer um, and he finally landed a job and we were able to move our family here in 2018. Um, And I always say it has been everything I dreamed it would and so much more. (laughs) Like Mm -hmm. it's just been really good for our family, like you said, quality of life. And I would truly not live anywhere else. That's not to say that it wasn't a bumpy transition because it definitely was like the first year. And I will speak to this in a little bit. The first year I had a lot to learn. I was coming from (laughs) the South into the North. And even though I was like 
this is what I wanted, it was still a major transition. Um, and I had a lot to learn. I think that's so funny. I feel like um, I can only imagine what it's like to sort of, it's like a completely different world up here. Like I, you know, we, we don't use the term mass holes, like for <laughs> any other reason, other than the fact that, you know, we are, the people here are a little bit more blunt, a little bit more in your face, um, a lot more accepting in a lot of, in a lot of ways, but um, I can imagine that the transition, also the transition with weather. Let's talk about that just for a second. Oh, like yeah. you're coming from a place where, did you see snow as a child? A few times. And mostly I would see ice. Um, and then mm-hmm. a few times, I laugh because it actually snowed. My daughter was maybe one and it snowed where we lived, but it was like a dusting. But it didn't matter mm-hmm. because we never saw snow. So we were out in it. We were taking our pictures and we were so proud. <laughs> and then obviously I can now hold that next to like blizzard photos. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different life. It was different. Yeah. Hi, Wicked Good Momcast listeners. We will be right back to finish this episode's conversation. But first, we wanted to tell you about a fun local event being brought to you by Resolve New England. Resolve New England is a nonprofit organization dedicated to providing support, education, and advocacy for all who are facing fertility and family building challenges. Registration is now open for Footsteps for Family Building, a family-friendly walk event benefiting Resolve New England. The in-person event is on Sunday morning, September 25th at the beautiful Warren Conference Center in Ashland, Massachusetts. There's also a virtual option to walk from wherever you are. All are welcome to participate in Footsteps for Family Building, which raises awareness and crucial funds, as well as building community. Sign up now and learn more by going to resolvenewengland.org. And now, back to the show. Shannon, you actually wrote an article last year called Everything I Wish I Had Known When Moving to the Boston Area. And you referenced five things that, in hindsight, would have greatly helped your transition if you had known them in advance. I love this. Um, Can you share those with us now for anybody listening? Absolutely. So while we are on the topic of snow, um, (laughs) the first thing that I learned is do not be scared of winter. (laughs) I was honestly scared. So our family moved here in May, which is like the perfect time (laughs) to be in Mm -hmm. New England. And it was beautiful. It was like cooler than where I had come from. And it was just, I was living it up, loving it. but. I knew winter was coming. And so every time I would make new friends, I was almost like interviewing them. Like, what do I need (laughs) to know? Like, what do my kids wear? Will I be able to drive? Are we going to be stuck in the house? Like, just how much snow are we actually talking? Um, So I had a lot to learn, but it went so much smoother than my mind had led me to believe that it would. Uh, Mm -hmm. I remember I actually had a newborn that first winter. So I was up all hours of the night. And I would be like nursing him at 3.30 in the morning and I would hear the snow plows like start turning and going and like clearing parking lots and roadways. Um, so if you are worried about that, the roads will be clear. You can leave your your house. Uh, you won't be trapped. And as far as what to wear, I think it's been a lot of trial and error. Like I learned mm. really quickly Cotton gloves do nothing up here. <laughs> oh no, they're worse than wearing no gloves. They're worse, yes. Yeah. No cotton gloves. They can't they can't get wet. You need waterproof everything. And I think you'll be golden, my advice. Yeah. And dressing in layers. Yes. 
layers are so important because there is nothing like taking like a frigid walk. Like even if like you're going into the mall, frigid walk out in like the, you know, 19 degree January Boston air into somewhere super hot or on the tee. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. Yes. There's nothing more uncomfortable than like dressing in, you know, in your full winter coat and then having to sit on the tee for an hour. Yeah. So yeah, layers. Yeah, absolutely. But, and also <laughs> I learned if we are dressed properly, we can be outside for an hour yeah. at a time mm-hmm. and be totally yeah. fine. If not like start sweating a little bit under yeah. our clothes. So yeah, I mean, winter is not my favorite. I'm, I'm going to preface that it's yeah. not my favorite, I mean, but it's doable. I feel like I don't know anybody who who lives here that's like, you know what? I love Boston winter. Right? <laughs> I do think like I'm going to add this. I, I'm honestly like, even though I grew up here and I raised kids here the last six years, like I feel like we're all still learning. Mm-hmm. But but I have figured out pretty quickly that like, you know, when you're looking at investments for kids and things you're going to invest in quality winter gear and boots yeah if you're able to do it and you're able to make um to make one of those things your investment it makes a huge difference it's like a huge huge difference and i figured it out like i have several friends where we basically clothing swap Absolutely. so we buy like the nice like really nice ski coat or whatever even though i don't ski and then we pass it around a bunch of times and all the kids use it but nobody is ever wet outside and it is it is worth its weight in gold. Yeah. Um, so if you're able to make the investment in like quality winter gear, I say 100% take the punch because it makes your life a lot happier. Yeah. Well, and I have bought stuff off of Facebook marketplace yeah. um, mm-hmm. because really, I mean, your kid's in it for three or four months yeah. and then they're done. So yeah. Um, my other advice would be Amazon Basics has really good prices and their stuff mm-hmm. has been good quality. And then, you know, my love for Target. Target has been <laughs> Good quality too. That's right. Yeah. 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 (laughs) What's your second point from your article? Uh, So the second thing that I was really nervous about was pronouncing town names. I love this. This is like (laughs) so hilarious to me because I mean, this is anybody who's, who's new to the area. Yeah. Well, and I felt like, so I remember going around with our realtor and we're visiting different towns and I felt mm-hmm. so embarrassed if I didn't know how to say it, which there's no reason that I would, but yeah. I felt like I would be insulting locals, <laughs> like if I botched how to say their town name or something. So I would like kind of like mumble or be like, okay, so this town that we are in currently. Like, <laughs> 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 but what worked for me, I joined like several moms groups when we first moved up here just so I could get to know people quickly. And there was one of my mom's groups where there were a bunch of us that we called ourselves like transplants to the Boston area. And we all had this apprehension. And so it was so wonderful. There were like some older moms in the group who had lived here their whole lives and they were like, hit us with it. So we just like rattled off. We were like, okay, this one, this one, this one. And they were like, yes, Gloucester, Waltham, Chatham. Like, (laughs) this is where you, how you say these names. So that was very, very helpful. And they, like you are laughing about it now. Like yeah. they were not offended. It was fine. <laughs> so. It's the best. I still actually joke with Stephanie Fleece, who owns City Mom Collective. We have a sister site in central Massachusetts. And when the application to create a site just like Boston Moms came through for the central mass, it um, came through as a Worcester Moms site. And Steph Fleece, who is, you know, when she's incredibly smart, she's like a great businesswoman. She said, Megan, do you know where Worcestershire is? <laughs> That's a hard one. <laughs> yeah, it was so hard. I was like, oh, well, that's like one of the hardest ones. So I'll let, let that go. But I did make her say it a couple of times just for my own joy. Right. Uh, <laughs> but you're, so but you're right. Like 
if you've not ever heard it, like you can't be assumed to know how to pronounce it. So yeah. I love the advice um, for any Boston transplant to just ask because we might get a little giggle about it. But, um, you know, we'd rather you ask than mumble it probably. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Point number three, I have something to say about. So let, let, what is point number three on your article? All right. Number three is the reputation of Boston drivers, which <laughs> I, again, this was something I was very nervous about that I thought everyone was going to be like rude on the roads or like road rage. Mm-hmm. And I stereotype. it's a stereotype <laughs> and it is, it is more fast and aggressive than other parts of the country, mm-hmm. but they are good drivers. Like overall, I would say people up here are safe drivers and it's been like tested. Like they've come up on surveys where they rank like Massachusetts ranks mm-hmm. as one of the safest driving States. Um, mm-hmm. So I want to hear what you, what you want to say about it though. <laughs> okay. So I think it's a stereotype. It's the mass hole stereotype, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I do think that in some places, especially in the heart of this city where if you don't know where you're going, which is like a lot of people, it can be very overwhelming. And then the people who drive those roads all the time can get very easily frustrated. Right. So I definitely think that is more typical, like in the heart of the city. But I'm going to be 100% honest here because we we are honest on this podcast and we are all friends here. I know. What you're I don't drive. Yep. I do not drive in Boston. <laughs> I knew that. Yeah. Shannon knows I take an Uber. <laughs> I literally will not do it. I've lived here my whole life. I am a competent driver. I'll drive anywhere around the city. I'll drive into Brookline and Chestnut Hill and wherever else that's like a town. Yeah. Um, I do not drive in downtown Boston. I do not park in downtown Boston. I probably never will in my whole life. <laughs> you know what's <laughs> scariest? And I told you this. What's scariest to me about driving in downtown Boston, it's not the cars. It's the pedestrians. Oh, yeah. I is, mean, yeah. I feel like I don't know if they see me and I'm trying yeah. to watch them and watch the cars and yeah. my kids are in the backseat. Like, it's just it's yeah. very overwhelming. But what helps me... I remember I was driving on Starro one time and I just kept, there kept being cars like going from the left lane all the way over to the right or vice versa because there's exits like on both sides. It's confusing. And it hit me. I was like, oh, no one knows how to drive here. Like it doesn't matter if they have a Massachusetts plate, like they're cutting me off and I don't even blame them. Like you got to get where you're going, but no one knows. It's fine. (laughs) Yeah, I think. I guess the message here is that largely we are not aggressive people on the road, um, but in the heart of the city, it's probably best to like go slow and just like really be mindful of your GPS or whatever and limit distractions Absolutely, because yeah, yeah, there Take are lots time. of car- there are lots of cars on the road. There are, there are. All right, number four, number four, um, housing. So this really threw me for a loop. We were looking to rent and. We had a small little 15-pound dog at the time. Uh, My daughter was two, and I was pregnant with a baby. I was about six months pregnant when we moved here. I thought that was all innocent enough, but when it comes Mm -hmm. to housing, that all caused a big problem. So the first thing, it was very hard to find someone who wanted to rent to pets. And if we Mm -hmm. found someone that would rent with pets, it was for cats. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, the houses in greater Boston are likely built before 1978. I think I actually heard like it makes sense. But Boston has like the most oldest houses like in the country. Like we Mm -hmm. don't tear down. You just remodel. 
Yeah. But if you haven't remodeled, it's likely those older houses have lead paint. Mm-hmm. You, I guess, can move into a house that has been de or hasn't been deleted, but a lot of realtors don't want to take that risk. Like if your child did chew on a windowsill, they don't want to be responsible. Mm-hmm. And deletting a home is very expensive. So what we learned is that a lot of landlords don't want to go through the hassle. And mm-hmm. it was very, very hard to find someone that would take us with a dog, two kids under six. Um, and if we would find a property that would meet those specifications, we were like eight to 12 in line <laughs> with mm-hmm. other applicants. It was, it's a very, very competitive market up here. Yeah. So I wonder, so I don't, the competition certainly hasn't gone anywhere because no. it's, it's probably worse than ever in a lot of places, but I wonder, you know, only in the last four years, think of all the different like apartment complexes and yes. things that have gone up. There's I wonder a lot. If, and we ended oh, up in a newer apartment complex. Our apartment was built in 2006. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if there's, would be more, like I can think of around me, there's like legit like ten new complexes. Yes. It's it's wild. There's in a the lot last that's like gone three up. years. Yeah. Um. So I wonder if that would be a little easier to find a place that would meet like your family criteria mm-hmm. that for renting now. Um. Yeah. I mean the old home thing that's a huge deal. So you'll find two or anybody who's considering moving to Boston. The closer you get to the city, the older the homes are going to be. Mm-hmm. Um. And so like if you go further out where there's more land, there might be newer homes. Um, we are, you know, like I said, 20 minutes from the heart of Boston and we live in an old home. It was built in 1925. Um, we are very lucky there is no lead in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're like, that's been, you know, it's, we're super, super fortunate. And, you know, we did the whole in Massachusetts. I don't know if it's everywhere, but at least in Massachusetts, your kids have to be tested for lead, uh, once a year until they're three, just to make sure that that's they're not an, exposed. Yeah. That's an, it's not across the country. Like that oh, was new to me too. I was like, they have to be tested for lead and it makes sense, but <laughs> yeah. that was, that was very new for us at our, at our kids' physicals. Yeah. I wonder how this will change over time. I would, I, I wonder if we can actually get a soundbite from one of our realtor partners about this specifically. Mm-hmm. Um, it would be really interesting because if parents are, you know, if you're looking within this criteria, you have a small dog, you have young children, yeah. you you need, you're looking for a single family home under a certain budget too, yes. which a lot of people who are starting out definitely are, yeah. um, you know, it makes it so that that population of a Available homes get smaller and smaller and smaller. Yes. Um, the competition, though, is something I definitely want to bring up a little bit. Um, it, I think with both of our families, we were on a timeline that not everybody is on. So, like, we had to find a home, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, sooner rather than later. Like, there was a reason we were moving here. So, people who are moving here for work or whatever, and they have a very strict timeline, I think that these kinds of, the competition in the housing market obviously complicates us even more. Um, all of my friends that have had success either moving from their current home, if they live here in the Boston area to a new home, um, or, you know, moving, you know, from other places in the state or maybe like the seacoast of New Hampshire or wherever. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are patient, yes. <laughs> like, and you are ready for some heartbreak, the more offers and things you put in, um, I have had friends that have had, have had success, but it's taken like, time. you know, a year of looking. Yeah. yeah. And we, you know, neither of our families had the luxury of time. So mm-hmm. <laughs> no, that's great that's, advice. Yeah, I think if you can and you're starting to look now, you know, seek out a realtor now. If you have time, um, I would highly, highly suggest it because it can take a little bit of time to find the right fit. Yeah. Definitely. All right. And your last point here, number five. My last thing that I learned is the unfamiliar becomes familiar. Mm-hmm. So I can't even describe how upside down my world felt. <laughs> it is 
the weirdest, most disorienting feeling to not even know where the post office is, where Target mm-hmm. is. Like I literally had to put in my GPS any little place that I wanted to go because I just did not know. Um, but the unfamiliar becomes familiar. You learn where the things are. Relocating our family of four to Boston was not the easiest thing I've ever done. I always say mm-hmm. it was one of the hardest. There was a lot of stress, a lot of learning. I cried a lot of tears. But the honest truth is that it was all worth it to call this incredible place home. I would do it all over again and again, but it would be better if I could know what I know now. <laughs> As always, <laughs> hindsight is twenty twenty. <laughs> I love this post. We'll for sure, we'll link it in the show notes here and we'll repost it over and over on Boston Moms on our Facebook and our Instagram because I think it is something like, it's it's nice to, we always say that at Boston Moms, like what we write and what we provide kind of gets to a mom who needs to hear it or needs mm-hmm. to read it. Right. Um, so I really hope that this resonates with somebody who's either moving to the area from out of state like you did or deciding to make some sort of a change within the, you know, the parameters of greater Boston um, and just knowing that it does all work out and you get to live in this incredible place with incredible food and incredible history and lots of good stuff. So hopefully this information helps ease other moms anxiety or questions about moving to greater Boston. Let's take a minute now to hear what our local Boston realtors have to say about the greater Boston housing market. Hi, this is Mian LaValle, senior partner at the Wilson Group at Keller Williams Realty in Newton. For families moving to Boston, here's what I recommend. In addition to making sure you're getting the best school district for your child, I also recommend you checking out the entire community at large. Make sure you find things that are important to you specifically as a mom. For instance, how close is the nearest Starbucks? Are there mommy and me playdates? Does the library do doggy sit-lap reads? You know, are there July 4th parades? Does your community or neighborhood at large have Halloween trick-or-treating nights, things like this will really enhance your environment and your children's environment, but also make sure that when you move into your new home in Boston, you will really feel a sense of home. Make sure you check everything out, not just the schools. Hi, this is your realtor, Nancy Sanchez, with a little bit of advice if you're looking to move in or around the greater Boston area. I would say you want to join any community board you can through Facebook and things like that and ask the questions that you have. If you have an opportunity to walk these communities, walk them. Go to the grocery store. See if you truly fit in and if you can see your family living here. Also, take a look at the schools. Any information you can get that would make you feel more comfortable, the more informed you are, the better the decision will be. Hi, my name is Nicole Vermillion. I am a realtor with Lamakia Realty. For families moving to Boston, one tip I would give is to be clear on the non-negotiables you want in your next home and then make a list of nice-to-have features. This will help you to prioritize what's important to you in your next home and help streamline your search. Great advice from the experts you know firsthand. We love bringing this podcast to our Boston Moms community and are so grateful that you choose to listen. We will have two brand new episodes next month after we return from our summer break schedule. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast wherever you listen so that you don't miss any new episodes. Your reviews are a huge help in letting other moms know that this is a podcast they need to tune into. So thank you for rating us. Until next time, don't forget, you are a wicked good mom.